MYP fam, welcome back. Today's another episode with a fantastic guest. And on today's episode, we actually talk about bringing some authenticity into your show. We talk about bringing fun and personality and character into your show. And today's episode is with Miss Rita Risha. And she is someone who I'm a big fan of because of the way that she has been able to bring her authentic self into her show. And what I really love is she's been able to bring a really fun, exciting, outgoing personality to something that, well, otherwise may, may be a little dry, which is a, a business, you know, entrepreneurial show, which can be kind of boring. But her show is for people who are interested in Disney and who are into Disney, but people who are into Disney and also want to run and grow a business. And so she's found a really great niche that is really resonating with her content. And so we talk about that. We talk about how to create that concept. We talk about how to find that fun and personality within your show. And so I know that once again, and all these guests are people that I know can bring immense value. Get prepared to listen on repeat. And let's get into today's episode with Rita Risha. All right, Rita, welcome to the MYP show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Hector. I'm very happy to be here as well. I frankly hate when podcast hosts reference like, oh, we were just talking about off camera or before the recording because it's like, well, I couldn't be their jerk. But as I say that, we were just talking before we hit record about kind of your fascination with how the Disney universe has kind of been built and also how you've been helping business owners who are into that and kind of in that world and doing that. And so how does one get there? I shared my story and maybe I'll get around to how I kind of stumbled upon the Disney creator story. But how did that become your path? So something interesting for me is I feel like I've always loved Disney. And anytime I have tried to learn something in the world of business, I've kind of used Disney as my metaphor in order to understand or as an analogy to better understand a concept of business or customer service, customer experience, whatever it may be. Just because I was a former theater kid myself and I was thrown into the world of B2B and business. I was initially a music major in college. And then I loved it. I did it for like a couple years of one-on-one personal voice coaching and lessons. And I became a teacher later. But over time, I fell out of love with it. And I wanted to find something that was more sustainable, long-term, financially safe as well, too. Because, you know, unless you are Adina Menzel, the voice of freaking Elsa, you're going to be looking for work for a long time. And I just didn't see myself as that level of talent by any means. So I decided to look more on the business side of things. One of the schools I was teaching at, they needed some social media and marketing help. So I started tinkering a little bit there while I was still a teacher to understand how to market, how to get customers and everything. It wasn't really hitting for me, though. That wasn't really my full break. It wasn't until I actually ended up working for a podcast production agency. I was formerly an employee at Sweetfish Media, and they produce B2B podcasts. And something amazing is I learned how the worlds of theater and content production actually had a very nice path for each other, because in theater, you're supposed to be able to understand emotions. You're supposed to be able to tell a story. You're supposed to be able to set the stage 
engage, think creatively outside of the box, connect with people that you've never met before, and in a few weeks, start a whole production and be on stage, right? So those things are very transferable skills and ideas that work so well in podcast production. And what I have found is that over time, some of the things that these leaders were having trouble and understanding and running their podcast, be it an interview, whatever, were things that I've learned from vocal coaching or theater coaching or whatever it was that I was able to easily transfer. And I would use Disney as my analogy for that because I just didn't understand things like customer experience or whatever, all the jargon that they use in these higher level marketing roles. I didn't initially understand. So as I was learning, I wanted to learn for myself. And I'm always somebody that says like, you have to be able to practice what you preach. So I felt really odd not having my own podcast. assisting and helping with the managing of these shows. So I decided to start my own to better learn about it and educate and excite other people about just their business and from a different lens that hadn't been done before. I'm just not someone that can be the typical business person that sits on the stereotype of a very serious person. So I wanted to find a way to combine my two personalities, my love of business and my love of theater and arts and the Disney World immersion kind of all together. And it's a very long answer for your question being how I fell into and decided to do bippity-boppity business. So, Yeah. You hit on a couple of things that I think is really interesting, and that is that more and more people are needing to be able to articulate themselves. And I was fortunate enough to have done like speech and debate, and I was more of an athlete because I thought I was going to keep growing after the ninth grade. But I was fortunate enough to do the fall production my junior year of high school. And so I kind of got exposed to theater and, and was fortunate enough to win Best Supporting Actor that semester. But my point is being... More and more people are needing to learn how to talk. And that's kind of what you're stumbling on. And you're kind of coming at it from a perspective of theater and helping these kind of executives. Why do you think that they're waking up to it? Or why is that becoming so important for people to now be able to voice their message or talk about their brand? Like, what do you see that's happening there? I see companies marketing their products or their services shifting in 2022 and moving forward. It used to be a long time ago, back in the day, you could talk about your products or your services from a very non-personal standpoint. You think back to those early 50s ads about this is our soap. This is how great our soap is. Buy our soap. But that's not how we talk and interact with people anymore. With the acceleration of social media and especially things developing like Web3, the metaverse, we're starting to relate more and more to individuals one-on-one, representing a brand, a person, like an ambassador almost in a way. And those people maybe and most likely aren't ready to become that personal brand ambassador for their business. It's a transition. It's a skill that needs to be learned. I equate it to being on stage for the first time. Like they always have to suddenly be on stage. But if they didn't have a rehearsal or they don't even know what the show is about, how are they going to perform well, right? So that's just my understanding of it in theater. But it relates really well because now we are bombarded with sponsored media, sponsored ads, sponsored content. And as a consumer of that content, it's easy for me to see through the authenticity or relatability of that content. I'm more likely to see an ad and click past it and just skip over it. But if I'm able to connect with one person, a leader who's able to speak to to me to help solve my problems, help 
um, make me feel heard or just like entertain me in some way, I am more likely to look into that brand further. And as a result, connect with that person and who knows what will happen. You're building a relationship and that relationship can lead to so many other things, whether it's business or new leads for other purposes. So we're looking for relationships, authenticity and connection online. And when it's anything but that, we're unable to resonate with that work. It's interesting you talk about authenticity and it's like a big driving point for, for lack of a better term, influencers, right? But other people are paying attention to. And what's interesting about podcasting specifically is that so many of these other ones are very surface level, right? TikTok videos are a minute. They're extending it there. Instagram, before they were pictures, right? It's kind of by default and by nature, very surface level. Whereas podcasting are growing and they're kind of growing in this depth of content. Is that harder or easier than, say, someone who's got to be in front of a video for a minute or someone who can, quote unquote, put on a performance? I feel like a lot of podcasters, they don't want to, quote unquote, perform. They'd rather just talk or share a story or have a conversation. So is it different there because you're not necessarily putting acting per se? You're kind of more of trying to be yourself. How does that play into this whole process? I would say it's somewhere in between because you're still a different if you're properly hosting the episode, now depending on the content and the intent behind it, if it's just for fun and entertainment, it doesn't really matter. Like you can kind of navigate the conversation whatever way you want. But specifically when it comes to business content, which is what I've been working with the most regarding the podcasting, it, you still have to lead the conversation. You still have to be able to navigate the conversation in a way that creates a compelling story and a thoughtful and immersive audio experience for the individual listening. Because if I just sit here and talk about what I do for a living all day, every day, and I have other people talk about what they do for a living, and that's all we talk about, maybe that was authentic, but is it compelling? Is it going to keep me wanting to listen to more episodes, tune in further? So it's more of like, how do I conduct this orchestra rather than how do I pretend to play the, the piano in front of people on a video? So with video, I feel like it's not easier. It's just different. With video, I can write a script. I can put my teleprompter app and in like a few minutes, I can just have a video like planned and prepped and ready to go. Whereas if I'm doing a podcast and I'm interviewing another individual, I have to make sure that I'm still taking the time and effort to get to know that individual and make sure that whatever story I am trying to deliver to my audience is relevant to what that guest wants to convey in the episode itself. Because I can sit here and ask them questions, but is that really what the guest wants their story to be about, right? So it's twofold. How do I lead the conversation in a way that's interesting and compelling to my listener? But also, how do I create that same experience for my guests and make sure their story is properly told and shared with the world? Well, firstly, I'm glad that you're saying all this because I'm like, okay, this is good because I need to take notes on this. So I'm going to have to go back and re-listen <laughs> to this because I think you're right. We talk about having a character or knowing who this kind of character is, but what you're talking also about is like this balancing act between authenticity and compelling. I think that the compelling part is where you consider the audience, right? That's the compelling part. You can be as authentic as if you want, but if it's not relevant or in your instance compelling to your listener, then you're not doing it. There's a difference between a phone call and a podcast episode. And that's how I personally feel about it. And others may disagree, but that's just the strong stance that I take on the content as a whole. 
Yeah. When you're saying a phone call in an interview, you're saying like an interview podcast, like the kind of maxim is always like, does every conversation need to be recorded? And you're saying no, which I think is an interesting take. Yeah, I think not every part of the conversation needs to be present. In the beginning, I would say don't worry too much about that as you're getting started with your podcast. Just make sure you're doing the work and getting the content out there. But as you iterate on your podcast and you evolve your work, it's really cool to start looking at it from a more journalistic lens. If you look at some of the best interviews out there or some of the greatest Netflix documentaries, I highly doubt that every part of the conversation that interviewer or producer had with the guest on that show is present and what we see on the screen after. And there's a con to that as well. You know, people might listening might think, well, that's why we want to listen to a podcast because we want to hear all the nitty gritty. We don't want it to be overly produced. But I guess advantage you have as the person hosting it yourself, you get to decide that balance for yourself. Like what is the director's cut that you want to keep in? But also like what is that most interesting part that you feel is relevant to the message that you're trying to convey? Because there is fluff. Like there are moments and episodes where you're like, yeah, Maybe I might want to skip over that or maybe not. So it just takes a little bit of work. And it's something that I'm always working on too. Like I'm never going to be perfect at it. But I think once you can get to the meat of the conversation and really feel like that whole time you were listening to the episode, you were like, yes, I love this. This was so good. That's probably a result of somebody sitting behind the scenes and thinking to themselves, maybe this part needs to be removed or we can save this part for something else later. Yeah, I see a lot of people say, specifically on LinkedIn, I don't know why it comes up on LinkedIn more than others, It's perhaps my own viewing experience, but they say like, oh, I don't do any editing. And it's kind of like a point of pride. I want my conversation to flow. I even had a client, she's beautiful, but she wanted it to just quote unquote flow. And I think that there's value to that. What do you say to someone who just blanket says, I don't do any editing and just, you know, turn it into an MP3, throw it up on there. Maybe they add some music like, and that's as far as they go. What would you suggest to someone who thinks like that? Two things come to mind when someone wants their conversation to flow and have that authentic, natural feel for a podcast. The first is if you would like that, then do a live stream. Why do you have to do an audio recorded podcast that goes up? You're competing with Spotify. You're competing with Audible. You're competing with some narrative podcasts out there that sound like they're full-on documentary audiobooks. So it doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means the medium might have to live in a different place in order to resonate with an audience like that. Because live streams are far from edited. People love that they're raw. They want to see all of the behind the scenes and like the chaos that's beautifully produced and a non-produced live stream, right? But when it comes to the second part of this, if you do want to have that level of flow in a podcast specifically, spend more time prepping for the episode and doing that pre-interview with your guest. When you do a pre-interview before you even do the recording, take time to understand who they are, what their values are, how they align with the brand or the overall vision of what you have for your show. Do your audiences have something in common and have that flow conversation. So then when you actually have the recording itself, you feel that there is a flow, but it's controlled. It's like we're not just out in the ocean. We're like in a pool where there's like barriers around the topics that we can discuss and have the conversation. But it doesn't feel like overly scripted or anything. It's just 
better organized. <laughs> and it's probably a better listening experience for your audience as well, too. And your guests will be thankful for it. You've already had a moment to connect with them prior to hitting record. So it will feel like you're coming back on a call to have a chat with an old friend rather than, hi, nice to meet you. I'm going to hit the record button now. I've never met you before. If I were to do that in person, like at a restaurant in real life, that would probably be weird. <laughs> I just like sat down with someone out of Chili's and was like, hey, nice to meet you. And they were like, hey, and I was like, all right, been two minutes. I'm going to record a conversation now. <laughs> so you have to keep that in mind as well for maybe someone who's not very used to being a podcast guest or whatever on your show. So I know that's a lot of areas, but yeah, just don't forget the live stream aspect of all this because there's so many mediums out there for you to execute whatever it is that you want to do with your content. It just has to live in the right place. Yeah, that's a great point. Super great point. I think I just had to take that for granted. How much it takes to create that connection or at least understand how to guide and guide a conversation towards something where they don't get to the end of the episode and go like, what did I just listen to? I think that can really be a problem. What I'm hearing on and what you're talking about are really like host skills, the skills that that hosts need. And I think that it's like this soft secondary skill because so many hosts are subject matter experts and they have this other message and most of them don't come in as like an orator or they don't come in with a theater background. They don't have a performance background. They have this other background and then it's like, oh shoot, I've got to learn this. And there are the ums, but you're kind of talking about this next level of now, how do you guide a conversation? How do you guide this episode? What else do you think hosts miss in terms of these kind of softer secondary skills that maybe a little bit more practice for someone who's coming from a theater background? I think a couple of things can be missed for new hosts coming in after they've established the mechanics of their podcast and the episode of their podcast, these soft skills. One being, how do you want your guests to feel after they've left the episode? Are you going to follow up with them after? Are you going to send them a thank you gift for being on the show? Are you acknowledging their statements in a positive way? Are you smiling while they're talking? What is that general feeling that you want them to leave with? because they're going to take that feeling and they're going to convey that to other people in their network. There's a quote, people won't remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And that soft skill is so important because maybe a month later, like they don't remember anything of the conversation, but they meet someone in their network that also wants to be interviewed. They'd be like, you know what? Yeah, I think you should really be interviewed by Rita. She made me feel so great. She was super professional. She like did this whole thing. She was prepared. We had a meeting before. We had a meeting after. We had the episode itself. She made me feel like there was a whole experience. And now I want you to have that same experience too, right? So that's kind of a Disney thing, the whole experience. How are you going to immerse that person in your world and what you do? How are you going to make them feel wowed and welcomed and excited to have been on your show? If you made that person feel amazing, they're probably going to tell a lot of people about that episode, right? You bring up a really good point. Everyone says, you know, oh, use your guests to send them a promotional pack, send them a video or a picture. And it's like, okay, that for sure, you definitely should do that. But what you're talking about is treating them like a human, making them feel all those things, which I'm frankly terrible at, which why well, I wake up every day and try to get better. But I'm listening to all this and I'm like, it's so valuable because I can't tell you how many interviews I've done. And it's like, yeah, that's, I still need to do that. And I need to get better at that. And so this is fantastic stuff. You had a second one. Do you still have it? I feel like the second one is really just making sure that whatever conversation you're having is something where you've thought about your why. So what I mean by that is you're a subject matter expert in your field. You know everything there is about whatever you're talking about. 
But what is that stake or cross you're willing to die on and your subject matter expertism per se, right? Because you may be an expert in B2B like technology, SaaS marketing, right? But there's a lot of B2B tech marketers out there. What's that one thing that makes you different from everyone else? What's that like main point of view that you're willing to reiterate throughout each conversation? And almost not controversial, but maybe if you want, like what's that unique edgy edgy identifier of what you're going to say? And that identifier relates to theater productions in a way, because there's always that like one little theme, that one quirk in a theater production that separates that show from like all the other shows shows out there. And it's very obvious and clear and present as you're watching it and experiencing it, right? For Wicked, it was, (laughs) if anyone, okay, I'm getting into theater. Sorry for the non-theater nerds out there. But you know, the Broadway show Wicked goes about this idea that not everyone is the same and that the villain might have a backstory if you just took the time to like learn and listen about them, right? Maybe they went through a hard time and it's not, everything's not as black and white as it seems. There's like an overall theme. And that theme is woven into every part of the show. Same thing. Your one theme, your main point of view needs to be woven throughout every part of the conversation. Maybe it's not the star, but it got this definitely has to be sprinkled in there. And then I would say just like one more thing to relate back to what you were saying a second ago, making someone feel seen and heard. Okay, maybe you're really good at making sure your message is conveyed throughout every episode. But another way to do that is through mirroring. So as a host, if you say something amazing and, you know, you're asking them a question and they give you just as amazing as a response and you want to dive more into it rather than being like, okay, that was great. Now on to this. I call it the Oprah effect. So basically repeat the last four or five words that that guest said really slowly. Look at them in the eyes and nod while you're saying it and then say, tell me more. So what I mean by that is when I am discussing a topic with somebody, it is more interactive and immersive for me to dive further into the topic naturally rather than take my listener out of the experience and be like, that was great. Okay, on to the next question. When you're diving deeper, the guest is like, oh, I get to say more. They like what I said. I'm going to keep talking about it. And it's a call for connection when we do that. And it also makes you look like a really good host, even if you had no idea what that person just said. (laughs) So it's twofold. You're bringing up such good points. I hadn't really considered in the sense that the dynamics of the actual conversation, they matter, right? And it's so easy for podcast hosts to show up, do the interview, record it, edit it, just kind of run it through the systems. And it's very easy to kind of get into that rut, right? Where you're even getting episodes out. But I think what Disney does such a great job is they like, they put that sparkle on, right? It's like, it's not just like a Disney movie. Every movie has its own kind of sparkle and then they kind of find a way to promote it sparkly as well. But let's go there. How can someone put that? What would you call it? It's Disney storytelling magic is what I like to call it. And it's also allowing yourself to infuse wonder into your work. When you look at something from a different lens, from a perspective that you may not have considered, when you think about something from the eyes of a child, because that's what Disney is exceptionally good at throughout their parks, throughout their movies. They're always trying to convey their message through story and as if you were the kid experiencing it. For a little Disney tangent, this is something I always like to say. When you're at the park, you can go do the rides, whatever. But the things that are the most detailed and most interesting are the ones that as an adult, we don't realize. And that's the things that they put in place for the kids to experience. So when I'm at the park, I always tell the people that I'm with to look up because they 
design things from a level where if the kid looks up, they're going to notice details that adult wouldn't. So if you were to able to listen to your podcast episode and look up for a second, imagine yourself as the guest. What would you want to feel as the guests going into the episode? What are they so excited about? You're giving them a moment to be on stage, to give them a microphone, to make sure their voice is heard. And maybe that person has never been able to convey their message or their story. You might be the first person to sit down and listen to them and give them that opportunity. So how do you want them to feel or learn as a result from that? So infusing wonder into your work is part of that. And Disney does that through ways such as like, it's your birthday, right? You go to the park, they give you a birthday pin. Every single person that walks by, cast member that sees that you have a birthday pin on, they're going to say happy birthday to you, right? So why don't you remember when your guest's birthday was and send them a happy birthday message? Don't you feel like that would go so much farther than like a sticker with your podcast logo on it that you send one time? I mean, it's cool, but like really think about the long-term relationship that you want to build with that guest because that could potentially turn into a customer for life. Disney is so good at making people want to come back generation after generation and generation. And it's because they go farther than the transaction itself and they focus on the relationship building through things like your birthday, your favorite color, whatever. You got to go deeper than the topic and the title of who you are. You have to relate to that person's life and who they are outside of work. And when you're able to connect with someone who they are outside of work, then you have a whole different dynamic. That's another reason why I have the show, Bippity Boppity Business. Anyone that likes Disney, we're going to connect and talk about business because I'm speaking to something deeper and more relatable than just the everyday of what they get to do. So it allows the conversation to start before the conversation even began. And I think that's the most fun part about what I do because people that I wouldn't even even expected to be people that like Disney, you know, huge podcasters, CEOs, whatever, That's something that they like to do outside of their work. So how are you going to convey that and to what you're doing with your podcast episode and your guests as well? Yeah. Well, I'm fascinated by the Disney universe, mostly because when I met my wife, she was one of those AP holders and got to take the kids. And my son now, he can say Netflix and Disney Plus. So anyways, they're doing it. And yeah. you are a great I don't know, spotlight, maybe, for what they've done. But I think more than anything, you're creating a great community for people within that because I know that it's a large community. And within that, I got to imagine that there's some people who are business owners and entrepreneurs and such. So the show is the Bippity Boppity Business Podcast. Yes. You also have a consulting business and you're also pretty active online. Can you give us the rundown on where to get connected if people want to get in your world and go deeper? Yeah. So I'm the founder of Reignite Media, a podcast host coaching and consulting business specifically targeted for B2B content creators who are building their personal brand online and especially on LinkedIn. If you want to reach out to me because I'm a LinkedIn content creator, you can find me there. You probably won't find me on Instagram, on Facebook as much. I'm trying. So my name is Rita Risha. You can find me there or you can contact me at Rita at ReigniteMedia.com. And if you want to watch my podcast, I am trying to release video versions more frequently of my episode. And at some point, there's going to be an interview with a Disney filmmaker and animator. So, and I got to actually do that one in person. So if you liked anything that I just talked about, you're probably going to want to check out that episode too. Is that the one that you just promoted on your LinkedIn or is that a different interview? 
That one is interesting, but it's not the one I'm referring. Well, then you got some good content coming out. I encourage you guys to go and get connected with Rita as well. And uh, as always, thank you guys for being a part of the NYP fam. We'll see you guys on the next one.